Welcome to The Yoga Room, a podcast with me, Abby Hoffman. I'm a yoga teacher based in Norwich, and each episode I'll be chatting to someone who's rocked my yoga world in one way or another. So grab a chai latte or a double espresso and join us. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of The Yoga Room. I'm delighted to welcome Davy Jones as my first guest on the podcast. Davy is a yoga teacher and practitioner, and he is co-founder and helped set up the Brighton Yoga Festival and Foundation, which will be running again this year, I believe, as a live event. Uh, I'll let him tell you more about himself in a moment, but I just wanted to say how lovely it is to be able to interview you, Davy, and reflect on our teaching journeys together. As I think we started roughly the same sort of time, 2001 or something like that. Um, Things have certainly changed and developed in the yoga world since then. And it would be great to hear about your journey into practice, teaching, everything else. So over to you. Hi, well, it's lovely to see you and speak to you again, Abby. Uh, I think you started teaching a little bit before me um, because I remember coming to some of your yoga classes. Um, So, yeah, but... um, I've been doing yoga since 1999, April 99, um, and uh, been teaching since the beginning of 2007, 2008. So, yeah, yeah. But we met, didn't we? We met in around 2001. And do you remember the circumstances? I do. do. Yes. Tell us a bit more. (laughs) Well, uh, it was Guardian Soulmates, as I recall. Um, (laughs) Cats out the bag. And uh, yeah, we we had a lovely meeting up, and I think you said come to some of my yoga classes, which I did, and and we've remained friends ever since. And uh, what's particularly nice is actually I've uh, I stayed friends with two other people that I met on Guardian Soulmates. Um, oh, wow. One of them, one of them, I've actually married. Ah, <laughs> <So. laughs> oh, the lovely Janaki. Yes. Well. Yeah. If, yeah, let's let's go back to yoga practice. How did you come to yoga? You said in 1999. Well, you know, they say that a lot of people get into yoga when there's some sort of crisis or issue in their lives, in their lives. Um, mm-hmm. And that was true for me. My long-term relationship with the mother of our two children had just come to an end um, or was in the process of coming to an end. And... Um, I read an article in The Guardian which described Ashtanga yoga as being a good workout uh, mixed with a bit of Eastern mysticism. And I thought, (laughs) that sounds good. So I went along to a class in Stoke Newington uh, at a a yoga studio called Yoga Home, which is still running. And uh, it was on Saturday morning. I felt very out of place, I, I recall, because I think there was only one other guy in the class all the other people were women and I think I was 20 years older than almost everybody else in the room so I felt like I I stuck out a little bit like a sore thumb (laughs) but I I loved it and um, I carried on doing it and I carried on practicing it and I still practice it although albeit in a non-orthodox way but um, still practicing it now so yeah. Wow and you just had a birthday I believe. A big birthday. <laughs> yes, thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I started yoga, I was, I was 47, and I've just turned 70. Um, wow. And um, 
it feels very peculiar to say something like you're 70 years old because I think when I was about 25 I never thought I'd live beyond about 40 but let alone 70 but um yeah and I, I wouldn't say I'm I, I reckon I mean, I'm, I'm certainly as healthy fit and healthy as now as I was when I was 25 30 40 um so I mean that's great and yoga has been instrumental in that for me um, yeah yeah well I, I only mentioned the big birthday because we did have a bit of a running joke didn't we that we'd be well yeah. you said I'd be doing third series by the time you turn 70 now that did not come to pass but I believe you did some of the third series or all of it yeah. I don't know yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just one of those little jokey discussions that you and I had many, many years ago. And and I said, Let, let's do the third series on our 70th birthday. And it, it, at the time, it seemed a bit unlikely. Um, but I have sort of progressed. I mean, I think I did 25 of the postures from the third series on, on my 70th birthday. Wow. Um, the ones I couldn't, I couldn't do. You, you might recall, I've never had a particularly bendy back, and there are some very extreme back bends in the third series. I mean, I find over Daniel Arsenal difficult enough, um, and so those I couldn't do. Um, and there's, uh, but most of the other ones, the hand balances, the ankle bind, the head ones, and all the rest of it, I was able to do. Um, so yeah, I sort sort of feel like I kept my side of the bargain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've got a big birthday coming up in a few years, so you never know. I, I may I may catch up. Um, but going back to practice yeah. and and yoga, I mean, one of the things I wanted to sort of reflect on with you is, you know, when you and I started, and I know this is a bit kind of like, oh, back in the day and, you know, uh, how much better things were. Not necessarily, but it seemed to me that yoga was something you really had to seek out. There wasn't a yoga center on every corner. And particularly with the Shtanga, it, it was um, it was not that popular. I mean, I think people were practicing, but it, it seemed like something that, you know, you went, found a teacher and you, you sort of got stuck in and, and there wasn't Instagram or anything like that. So it wasn't something you were really telling other people about. Um, yeah, I just, just wanted your thoughts really on, on, on the Ashtanga practice and and what your experience of it's been and yeah that kind of thing yeah I mean it's yeah you're right I mean obviously I think around that time the turn of the century yoga was it was beginning to explode wasn't it really mm. a bit in the, mm. well yeah I mean, you're right at the time there weren't yoga everywhere I mean we've got 20 yoga centers in Brighton yes. which is a which is a city of less than 300,000 people so, yes. um, I mean, there wasn't anything like that at the end, turn of the century. I think there were four in Brighton at the time. Um, so that gives you an indication of how, it, how far it spread. Um, and you're right, Ashtanga was not sort of dominant. I, it did, it, I think it did become very, very popular about 2010 or whatever by then. I think yeah. it was pretty, pretty mainstream. I think it's, it's tailed off a lot, um, mm. partly because of, partly I suspect because of all the, uh, mm. the appalling revelations about Patabi Joyce's serial yeah. sexual abuse yeah. of hundreds of women um has put a lot of people off which is understandable um but as and you know as as i think you'll recall i mean i, I was never a dogmatic ashtanga person yeah. anyway i mean i i i never i never went to mysore um i never i never liked the sound of it i always thought i'm going to get there and then i'm going to be 
expelled for being naughty. <laughs> Bad <laughs> not man. Not doing what I'm supposed to. Yes. Um, because you know it all seemed a, it always seemed cultish to me, and I, that's mm. been pretty much proven now that it was. You know, and so I never went. But so I always sort of, sort of ploughed my own furrow. Mm. or whatever the expression is and um I still do you know I I don't teach it uh, I, I don't teach these silly things that you know you can't do this posture if you couldn't do the one before or any of that nonsense mm. I teach second series postures third series postures where mm. it's appropriate I throw in non-nishtanga postures <gasps> heaven help me you know oh um, I think it's appropriate as well you know uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I keep it as a core as the sort of yeah as the I core could, of the practice that I think yeah uh, yeah I mean um, it's a foundation isn't it it's a it's yeah. a good foundation and it's certainly the best way I know of getting people to self-practice to to sort of just have a um a framework if you like to to get on the mat and do something which you know I know yeah, yeah I mean vinyasa flow you can do a vinyasa flow practice but generally speaking people don't sort of have them running through their heads get on the mat and kind of freestyle do they not 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 so much anyway um so no, I mean, yeah sorry go on no you you go on oh no <laughs> well, I just, yes I am actually that's my my first podcast so I might I might be a bit uh, a bit rough around the edges to start with um but so from from practice and doing you know lots of yoga and running around different places in Brighton and London I'm sure how did you get into teaching what what inspired you? Well, well, funnily enough, um, I mean, quite early on, I think even by the time I, I, I'd met you um, and I came on your yoga holiday in, um, uh, with the other Abbey. Um, oh, at the my time, goodness. Yes. I'd, I'd, already, I'd already thought that teaching might be something I'd want to do. The problem I had was in my personal life was I was supporting two mortgages. And I had a, a pretty well-paid job in public service and it was unthinkable that I could reduce my income to the level of being a yoga teacher. So I had to have a long-term sort of project for it, really. Um, and um, the thing then that, that really triggered it was in the early 2000s, around 2006, I think it was, um, the local Ashtanga teacher actually asked me to stop coming to her class because oh. I was unorthodox. Um, uh, and, you know, because I'd been asking to do second series stuff and she didn't want to teach it to me. She didn't think I was ready, which mm. was ridiculous, actually, because I was going to other teachers who were far more experienced than her who said, you're what you're definitely ready to do second series. But she had it in her head that I wasn't. And so for two years, I couldn't do Mysore self-practice because the, ne the next nearest Mysore place to Brighton was Hamish Hendry's place up at Euston, which yes. meant getting up at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yes, which, <laughs> which, which to, to most hardcore Ishtangis, you know, let's face it, doesn't seem extreme at all. But hey, you know. Well, it did to me, yeah. <laughs> especially, especially as I was working. I was commuting yeah, up yeah. in London already. And, of course. And I mean, so I thought, OK, well, what, I'll use the opportunity to to, you know, to do a, a proper teacher training. And I did a great teacher training course with the Life Centre and British Wheel of Yoga. Yes. It was, yes. It, was it was a forerunner of Yoga Campus. Yes. Um, and um, it was an 18 month course, 10 weekends, two five day intensives, two two dissertations, you know, very yeah. rounded course. It wasn't yeah. just asked. 
know, it was about theory, it was about history, mm-hmm. it was about pranayama, all those sorts of things. Um, it was a really good course. And by the end of that, I felt ready to start teaching. And I was already teaching a few little small groups of people. And then um, a, a teacher friend, I'm saying a teacher friend, heard that there was a class going at a local LA fitness. Ah. And they and and they offered it to me. Even they didn't even check anything about my credentials. I mean, I could have been a milkman off the street. You know, they they didn't know any better. But um, I I did the course. I, I I did the class, and I I taught it for thirteen years. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. So yeah, and and that was my entry into teaching. Really, I was lucky. People, it's often the way, isn't it? You know, another mm. teacher offers you a class or whatever, and you suddenly find that yeah, and you're doing it regularly and. And then you get into the teaching mode. And I was able to sort of, I was able eventually to change my, through my kids growing older (laughs) and my job changing, I went freelance, which meant I could then do some teaching because the time was under my control rather than a nine to five Mm. job. And so I was able to gradually have more of my life yoga teaching and less of it doing other work that I didn't necessarily really want to do. Um, It worked out. I was quite lucky. I think, you know, I've been pretty lucky with how it all worked out. Um, but it's great. Yeah. And I still enjoy it. I still really enjoy teaching, you know. That's, that's great. I, I mean, yeah, I did the the same course as you, the Yoga yeah. Campus Diploma. And I think I graduated 2004, 2005. I can't remember. But mm. yeah, I agree with you. It's it's one of the best. It's one of the finest courses. Uh, and there are a lot of courses out there now. Um one of the things yeah. that I, I've noticed over the last 10 years or so certainly is the explosion in teacher training. And do you think it's sustainable? You know, can no. the world no, it's not. <laughs> sustain? <laughs> now, tell no. me more about Absolutely that. Absolutely not. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, the reason why they all the studios ended up doing it is because they weren't making money in studios, but they could make money out of teacher training. Mm. So they just threw themselves into it, lots of studios. And we now have thousands of te- you know, teachers being trained and it's completely unsustainable. Um, there's not enough work for them. In fact, particularly in, since COVID, uh, mm. um, I've noticed an awful lot of yoga teachers who were full-time yoga teachers are now part-time yoga teachers mm. and now have other jobs. Um, which is a more sustainable thing. Anyone who comes to me now and says, I want to be a yoga teacher, I say, don't re- don't rely on it for money. You know, um, yes. you'd be very, very lucky. You've got, yes. to be a, you've got to be a superstar almost to make a lot of money from yoga teaching. And I'm not one. Um, oh, I don't know about most, that. Most of, no, not, most of the yoga teachers aren't either. You know, you've, you've, you've really got to be something special to, yeah, to make well, a lot of money from. I think, and I have read uh, I mean Norman Blair's written about this quite a lot um yes. in, ter- in terms of pay and and you know situation with with yoga teachers pay which I will come to in a minute um but I think yeah you're right there's a one percent of those that have, have made enough of a, a niche for themselves or enough of a reputation and can sell those big workshops those big teacher trainings yeah. all of that and yeah and, and I think that's that's kind of always been there in a sense and if you look at someone like David Svensson who I rate I really think he's amazing and 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 he's always been there as someone that's provided you know um teaching aids remember actually the first uh probably one of the first Ashtanga teaching aids I had was the the VHS tape of him (laughs) do you remember that 
yeah. it's great. I, Absolutely I, great. I did my Stanga teacher training with him in America. Um, yeah. It, and uh, it was great. I mean, he's a very funny guy as well. I mean, oh, yeah. one of the things I like about him is he's got a good sense of humour. I'm always wary of yoga teachers that don't have a good sense of humour. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's very funny. I remember... I think I might have lost you, Davey. Are you still there? Hello? Don't worry, I'll yeah. edit this. I'll edit this bit out. I, yeah, something happened there. Um, carry on. I think, it, I think it might be this problem of the 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 two Zooms happening at the same time. I'm sorry, I had forgotten that Jane was doing this class. So. Let, let's carry on. And, and if it's yeah. unusable, we can we can always redo it and have another chat some other time. But um, yeah, yeah you, so you were saying about David Svensson, teacher training America. Yeah. Yeah, he was a very funny guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, good guy as well. Good guy. Yeah, I mean, so in terms of yeah, the whole sort of teacher training thing, it does feel a little untenable. And um, my feeling as a teacher trainer over the past, well, I, I'm not, I'm not offering any teacher training anymore. But that yeah, we've sort of reached saturation point. And like you said, with uncertainty regarding studios and and all of that, it feels like not the the great career option that it might have been at one point but having said that I still I still think there's you know a great need for yoga at the moment and yeah so I oh, wanted to, yeah yeah. And, yeah tell me a bit more about the festival because that's something that you've been running for how long now yeah well a long time um it's, it's got a funny origin I don't know whether I ever told you the, the origin of it I I, I was very active in the Green Party. And yeah. I was selected to stand as their parliamentary candidate in Brighton, Kemptown mm -hmm. for the 2015 election. And there was no chance of me winning. <laughs> um, but, and so they wouldn't give me any resources. And they said, you've got to find people from outside the Green Party to help you. And I thought, well, there's the yoga community. They're quite greenish and mm -hmm. sort of, you know, quite, progressive generally speaking um and also i found out that i was actually the first trained qualified yoga teacher ever to stand for parliament in the uk oh wow so i thought so i thought well that's hilarious you know let, let's and so i i i arranged uh sort of talking to lots of yogis in around brighton particularly in the Kemptown constituency and we decided to run a yoga festival in the Kemptown area Mm -hmm. uh, for 2014 and we started meeting in December 2013 um, and the first festival happened in summer of 2014 at a lovely church um, just uh, in in the Kemptown area and um, we expected to get about I don't know three or four hundred people there and, and 1200 showed up um, wow and <laughs> and we were all sort of exhausted um, you know after it uh, because it was a lot of work and about a month or two later, we started getting emails from people saying, when's the one next year? <laughs> it, it was at that point we realised we were on the, the hamster wheel <laughs> of, of, pro, of providing an annual yoga festival. Right. So I, I should stress that the festival is, is not associated specifically with the Green Party in any way now at all. But mm -hmm. I know some, some of us are, some aren't, that's fine. But it's... But it just sort of grew like topsy, really. Um, the second year we had 1,800 people. And the next year we had 3,000. Wow. Um, 
That's amazing. And all the ones between 2016 and 2019 all had between two and a half and 3,000 people. Um, and then we've had two years of it being online um, because of COVID. Mm. And this year it's going live again. Right. Um, and the, we did it because we wanted to get yoga to people who wouldn't normally have access to it. So believe it or not, the first few years, the festival was free. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how we managed to cover all the costs, but we did somehow. Um, and then in recent years, it's been pay what you can afford model. Um, so it's it's voluntary donations, you know, um, to pay for it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just kind of wanted to touch on that point, actually, because, you know, you mentioned this this idea of, you know, wanting yoga to be accessible to people who wouldn't maybe have access to it. And that seems to be a big thing or it has been around you know pricing of yoga classes yeah. who, who's you know who's in the room who who is being represented in in yoga classes yoga advertising um and to me the festival I mean there's lots of festivals in in the UK and, and beyond but to me it's always felt like the Brighton Yoga Festival had that inclusivity at the heart and yeah. and and wanting to share yoga and yes I mean how you off began how, how you were able to offer it free is is really interesting and but does that mean that the teachers were doing it for free or how, how did that model work yeah no it's interesting I mean, we've we've um we've had a lot of discussions about all this and mm-hmm. um we because the festival was a one one off each year we were comfortable in not paying teachers mm-hmm. and um, we would publicize them. They would be in our program. We would actually have little features on them and on our Facebook page and things like that. So they got promotion out of it. It was a big event. It was good. So we didn't feel bad about asking them to do it for free. It was quite interesting. We approached a number of quite well-known yoga teachers and we said, it, you know, you don't get paid. And, and some of them were still interested and a lot of them weren't uh, at that mm. point. But um, yeah, but, but what we, as I, as you know, we, um, yoga classes are expensive. I mean, mm. it is effectively a middle class thing now. It's very hard. I mean, if you're on benefits, there's no way you can afford to go to yoga classes. I mean, it's just, mm. I don't know what they are in where you are now, Abby, but I mean, even here in Brighton, which is not London prices, you know, your average yoga class is about 12 quid for an hour, you know. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of money if you're low paid or or, or unpaid. Sure. So so yeah. it's become a very much a middle class thing. So so we set up the Brighton Yoga Festival at the Yoga Foundation rather in 2016. Um, and that's dedicated to taking yoga to people who wouldn't normally get it. So we 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 get grants, you know, we do a lot of grant applications. Mm-hmm. We've raised eighty thousand pounds in grants mm-hmm. in five years. Um, and and we put on yoga programs for people who wouldn't normally get them, particularly people recovering from some sort of trauma mm. or illness. So women recovering from domestic abuse, sexual violence, mm-hmm. um, people recovering from cancer, people recovering mm-hmm. from addictions, homeless mm-hmm. people, refugees, yeah. all the sort of groups who wouldn't normally get access to it. And, and mm. also not just wouldn't get access to it, but they wouldn't actually know that they'd benefit from it. Because that's oh, the thing. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, because, you know, lots of people have heard about yoga, but they don't think it's for them. I mean, we've mm. come across so many people who say, I never thought yoga was the sort of thing that was that I would be doing. I thought it was for other types of people, you know. Yeah. Um, but then, but they, 
paradoxically, these are the people who need it the most. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, classes are expensive. Um, there are people in Norwich and in Norfolk, I'm sure, that, that are offering low-cost classes. And in fact, there's there's a woman who's set up a CIC, uh, you know, a charitable incorporated yeah. uh, thing, and, and she offers uh, free or, or low-cost yoga through, through that to the sorts of groups that you're talking about. And certainly as a teacher, I, I think I've moved away. Uh, I, I don't rely on yoga as my income anymore. And I have moved away from the, the idea of having to fill a studio and, and put bums on mats to pay the rent and all the rest of it. So I can offer a lower cost. Having said that, you know, there is a balance, I think, to be struck, isn't there, between what's fair to a teacher. Yeah. And I think going back to Norman and, and his he, he wrote two articles, I think, about yoga teachers' pay having not changed in gyms uh, since, you know, 2001, which I think is when we, we all started teaching. And, and I think there is, there's a lot of tension, isn't there, between yeah. what, wanting to offer something that is profoundly healing and helpful with, you know, balancing your own needs, your own financial situation. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. It's... I mean, we we pay our our teachers. The fact the the foundation pays its teachers a proper decent wage for the classes. We don't ask them to do yeah. it for free. Oh, that's brilliant! Um, because because it's not a one off class. It's not a one off thing at a big festival. Yeah, it's like a twelve week course or something or fifteen. You can't yeah. possibly ask them to do that for free. So we pay them and we pay them above the going rate in Brighton because they've all done specialist training. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I don't I don't teach any of these classes because I'm not trained to do so. Mm. Um, um, you know, they, they, they've all done sort of special trauma. Uh, uh, related mm. training you know mm. uh, to be able to, to deliver the classes yeah so we pay them and they so they they put in extra money to yeah. get trained yeah. so we pay yeah. them absolutely and they um, deserve they deserve it i mean these, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely no we're clear about that uh, and um and uh, you're right i mean i don't think none of us mind doing your free class you know no. i mean i do occasionally you know but but for anyone who's dependent in any way on the income whether full-time or part-time They've, they've got to have a, d a decent uh, pay rate. And mm. you're right about the yoga teaching pay rates having stayed static in some places. I mean, my partner, Janaki, she used to teach at a club in London, mm. um, a very prestigious health club. Mm. And in over 20 years, um, th the membership fees for members of that club more than doubled. Yeah. And her pay stayed exactly the same. Exactly. And when she, and when she queried it, the the one sentence answer reply was well if you don't like it you can always leave <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 I, I've heard that too um, which is why Norman and others Norman's a good friend yeah of mine as well but why Norman and others have helped set up uh, the yoga teachers yeah. trade union yes oh which I'm a member of yeah um, tell and, us about uh, that yeah well I mean it's early days um I think there are there are 140 members or something like that around the country, which is small. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. we've got hundreds of yoga teachers in Brighton. Um, I think there's only about 10 who are members of, of the union. And it's affiliated to the IWGB. They're the people who are quite well known for doing the work with cleaners in London. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with uh, Deliveroo drivers, Uber yeah. drivers. Yeah. Other precarious groups of workers, basically. And yoga mm -hmm. teachers are precarious. Um, workers they are ones who 
who have very little security in their job situation or their financial situation. So, mm. um, so we've been affiliated to them, and yeah, I mean, we, it's it's doing some interesting work at the moment, and uh, I'm I'm hoping that that it, it takes off. You know, that more yoga teachers see the advantage of being a member. Um, well, it's funny, isn't it? Because they they obviously see the advantage in paying certain um, groups that represent them <laughs> i'm not mentioning any names um well you know okay yoga alliance um that kind of thing so they want to be represented or affiliated in some way to a body but it's interesting that you know the union which would probably be much more useful <laughs> let's face it yeah um yeah, it's a really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm a member of, of Bridge Wheel of Yoga and have been for yeah. years, but um, I'm only a really a paper member. I don't really get involved in, mm. in it, and I mm. think it's a pretty disappointing organisation. And most people I know who are members of the Yoga Alliance feel the same way. Um, um, and uh, neither of them seem particularly keen to take up the issues of paying conditions and things like that. Yeah. The hard. Yeah. issues which the union is prepared to do yeah so i think there's the scope for all of them um uh, you know I, I don't see i mean i've i don't see the iwgb yoga teachers branch as being in competition with the british wheel or with the yoga alliance i see it as being having a complementary role to take up the difficult issues which the other organizations want seem to want to mm. steer away from um I suppose this, it speaks also, though, to the changing landscape of yoga. I mean, when the British Wheel was set up in the 1960s, it was very much the provenance of teaching in adult education, yeah. teach, teaching in church halls. You know, the yoga industry wasn't wasn't really a thing, was it? So there wasn't mm. yoga in, in gyms or health clubs. So it's kind of, it's a really interesting area because, again, I think there's so much tension between what yoga is, what its potential is for, you know, human human happiness and health. And then there's this also commercial um, aspect, which I think a lot of us, you know, have, have had yeah. our problems with and our, our sort of discomfort around. Yeah, no, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. There are, broadly speaking, and it is an overgeneralization, but broadly speaking, there are two strands now to yoga. There's a there's that strand of yoga which wants to do it it's part if you like of the well-being in the best sense mm. of the word sort mm. of movement of wanting to help people um mm. and then there's the commercial one and uh i mean it's scary what's happening in america now i mean i i, I mean I, i've not witnessed this myself but i'm told by yoga teachers in america that um most of the cities now, virtually all the yoga studios are run by big chains, corporate chains. Yeah. Um, and you've yeah. got that coming into London now already as well. Uh, well there, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there is a chain called More Yoga, I think. Yeah. Which yeah. has been around for a while. And Norman, again, has written about that. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's kind of been going that way for a while but I think yeah. going back to your point and and going back to the festival and what the festival is all about and this kind of move almost into specialized yoga I've noticed that and that you know people are mm. training in things like trauma-informed yoga yoga for cancer all of those things all of those great ways of supporting people and and I feel I mean that's that's kind of where I'm at I I am interested in in how yoga can be used in those ways I mean 
and obviously teaching just in, in a general way but I think I think that's where I see a lot of potential really um moving away from the whole sort of 200 hour yoga teach training teach Absolutely. yeah and especially post-covid especially yes. post-covid I mean uh, again I think probably um I, I don't feel qualified to to know how best to teach people who've had long COVID or whatever. I think mm. that is another specialised area mm. and will, will undoubtedly be a growth area. But there's no no question but that um, that's a real need. Mm. Um, I mean, there are millions of people who would benefit from from yoga. I mean, getting yoga into the NHS is really critical. I think as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Down here, we've had a little bit of limited success of getting NHS bodies to realize how valuable um yoga could be for people um yeah, yeah I, mean, I, th- I think that that is is the way forward i mean in you know i think that, i think what's happened with with the sexual abuse scandals in yoga and also the commercialization mm. i think yoga's the yoga community has to lose its naivety it has <laughs> to it has to stop thinking that everything is love and light and it has to yeah. has to realize that actually yoga reflects and is part of the world um mm-hmm. and the fact that grateful, you know <laughs> absolutely <laughs> grateful for having found yoga and and for all that it's given me and mm. and how i've been able to use it to give back to others i think mm. most of us most of us who get the benefits from yoga realize that we really want to give give back <laughs> yeah crudely speaking we yeah. want to we want to pass that on to other people because we know yeah. how beneficial it was to us yeah um absolutely. so i i i agree with that so I, I i don't have any regrets about any of that sort of side of things at all you know I, I'm, I'm really glad that i did it um i think it's made me a nicer person <laughs> um <laughs> and um you know i i i i've benefited from it enormously so uh but i, I do think it in the end and this is going to sound slightly I know, a bit twee maybe but I think in the end yoga is about making the world a better place you know yeah for sure um and sure. Uh, and, and you know that's always been my view I've always been politically active as I think you know you know uh, yeah. since I was in my 20s yeah. I've been politically I've been a trade unionist since I was 21 um and uh and for me it's the same sort of thing I think yoga in the end has to be about making the world a better place um and yeah. so that's what I think those of us of a similar persuasion should be trying to do and should be trying our best to do within the yoga community to push it in that direction. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I'm going to have to end on that, Davy. but before we go... Um, a good note to end it's on. A, it's a very good note, and, and I, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure you'll note my timing there. Um, just before we go, give us the places we can find you, your website, um, the festival, and, and the union as well. That would be great. Yeah, I mean... Um, Myself and Janaki, we run yoga retreats, workshops, holidays abroad. Got two this year, both of which are nearly full. Um, and that's www.inspirationyoga.net. Um, you can find our classes there and holidays and stuff, all that. Um, and we have a presence on Facebook. We're not on Instagram. I can't bear Instagram, so I'm afraid <laughs> we've stayed just only on Facebook. <laughs> um and uh, the Brighton Yoga Foundation is www.brightonyogafoundation.org. And um, it's got a good website, lots of stuff in, on it, lots of information about history of, of uh, what we've done. And you can find all the details about the festival this year, which is on the 23rd of July in Brighton. It's mm-hmm. a one-day festival again this year. Um, 
And the Yoga Trade Union, yes, I, if, I think if you go to the IWGB website, you just put that into Google and you find it and then look for Yoga Teachers Branch. You can find out information about the Yoga Teachers Brilliant. Branch there. Brilliant. Thanks, Davey. Yeah. Well, it's been great chatting you. to you and maybe we'll have a, a second chat. Who knows? Much more to talk yeah. about. As always, it's not enough time. But thank you so much for coming on the Yoga Room podcast today and uh, hope you have a great well, thank week. thank you. Abby, yeah. I mean, you you helped me on, on my yoga journey as well, um, uh, as well as being a lovely person. You also oh, helped me in the right I'll direction. Later. I'm very grateful, very grateful for that too. Oh, thanks, Davy. Brilliant. Okay, take care. Take care. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, feel free to tell your friends and join us again next time in the yoga room.